ahead, please go ahead. Do do the the intro. Wait, I was supposed to film that. Oh, what? What are you talking about? I'm turning that paper. <laughs> Wait, I was supposed to return that in. <laughs> Wait, return it in. Okay, we're failing. Wait, I was supposed to turn it in. <laughs> This is a failure. This, this, (laughs) the intro has been an abject failure, and we're gonna move forward. That's the intro. Yeah. It is January 16th, 2021. I almost said 2020. Lord Jesus, now. It is January 16th, 2021. We're four days away from the Biden Harris inauguration. White supremacists, insurrectionists have stormed our nation's capital. Sounds about white. We're going on month. <laughs> We're going on month 37 of this global pandemic. Of the panoramic. You mean the panoramic. The panoramic. <laughs> I don't get that reference. Does somebody call it a panoramic? Oh, it's on Twitter. Everybody's okay. calling it panoramic instead of pandemic. Okay. Pa- panoramic. Uh-huh. Thanks for keeping me young. You're welcome. My braids are too tight and I need an I need an Advil and like a, a nice steamy shower to loosen them up. Hashtag black girl problems. Yes. How are yes. you doing? Well, they called everybody back into the office because they don't care about us. Um, people have been hacking their lungs up all week. Luckily not in my section, but I can hear it and it sounds gross. Um, and I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to kick those people out, but nobody does it. So I'm just like, I guess we're just going to die. And my job doesn't care about Black people because we're working on MLK Day. So, Ooh, working <laughs> on MLK Day. Okay. there That's a, a lot to impact. Well, I'll just ask myself, Brianna, how are you doing? I don't know anymore. That's the answer. Okay. With that being said, you said a lot that I feel like I need to, we need to unpack. Yeah. First of all, your job, your, you work mm-hmm. in a physical office space. Like your job, like you're on the phone. So yep. you, it's something you very well could do from at home. home. Mm-hmm. I did it but, for two days at home before they called us back in. Okay. But they are making you go into a physical workspace because what? I guess they think that people are going to have less IT issues by being in office. But the funny thing is that when I was at home, I had less problems. In office, my phones never work. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't get the appeal of being in office. Trifling trifling Mm -hmm. is what I hear okay so I feel like that's a good segue into what we want to talk about today which is jobs yeah what has it been like for you okay because how many years post-graduation are you undergrad ew 
Yeah. Um, let's see, I graduate 2017 and it's 2021. So going on year four. Yeah. And for me, it's going on year five. I don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> it's going on year five. How, like, what has, like, being in the working world looked like for you? Like, what what, what has it been like? So one thing for sure, I really regret not doing internships in undergrad because only having a degree in, like, two part-time jobs on your resume is terrible. Um, nobody's going to hire you. And if they do, they're going to severely underpay you. They don't care about your degree. That's what I learned. So I was really excited when I got this job because um, I went to grad school after. I was really excited when I got this job um, at this medical equipment company and they're paying 16 an hour. And I was like, oh man, that's so much more than what I was, you know, other offers I was getting. And when I told my parents, they were like, that's piss money. Like, <laughs> What do you mean, 16? That's terrible. And I was shocked because I was like, well, this is the best offer I've gotten. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the piss money for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, oh it was so bad. So then I worked there for two years and then I um, left that place. And then, you know, I just kind of did some tutoring for a while. And then I finally got like a job in my field and it was like at a publishing company and it was paying like 22 right out the gate. And I was so excited. And, you know, pandemic happened, got laid off and now I'm down to <laughs> piss money. So <laughs> <laughs> down to piss money. Yeah, I'm laughing, laid- but that's actually <laughs> sad. Yeah, getting laid off sucks. So I feel like, like you know, um, I don't know. You're in good company. Does that is that a mean thing to say? <laughs> I don't know. You and, you and millions of others. That's I mean, true. That's true. At least I have that on my side. You know, yeah. like it's a crisis right now. You know, I don't know. Least, it's just crazy because my my old company actually got the small business loan, and I got laid off anyways. <laughs> but they were sneaky about it. So. Yes, they had applied, but before they had received any approval or funds for it, they laid me and other people off. Mm. So that way they wouldn't get in trouble. I feel particularly bad for um, people who are graduating or who like graduated in May or December of 2020 because they're like coming out the gate in this whole new world. And I'm sure, and I know this was what a lot of people felt during the 2008, you know, financial crisis as well. All those graduates coming out and there's just nothing there for you. Like not even the piss poor, like first- Not even piss money. Like not even piss money. Like there's just nothing there for you. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a really sucky time to be in, you know, alive. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which I feel like we're like a for a future episode we definitely have to talk all things mental health because oh, yeah. oof, oof. so <laughs> so your experience coming out of college trying to navigate the workforce being four or five being yeah four years post grad like what did you wish you knew well, I mean, I apply for everything because I, I, first of all, I did not have a clear direction of what I wanted. Like I had an idea, but I didn't really have a clear direction to follow. I really wasn't sure. Like, and my parents, they would try to help me, but I felt like they were trying to help me to do jobs that I knew for a fact. They're like, they wanted me to go on a career track that I definitely did not want. 
Like they want me to work government jobs. I don't want to work for the government. I don't like the government. And then they wanted me to work. Why would I want to work for the government? And I'm always talking shit on Facebook. That don't even make sense. I didn't want to do that. And then they wanted me to do like insurance. And, you know, because I had other family members that had like very long, successful, um, lucrative careers from doing insurance, but I didn't want to do that. So I was just applying for everything and I was just trying to find my place. And I knew I wanted to be mass com related ish, you know? I do. So I just feel like navigating that and trying to figure out what jobs to take, that was hard. Um, but I definitely learned from all my interviews and all my rejections, uh, what are good questions to ask and, you know, when you should know a place is good for you and when it isn't. Because that Ooh. one was hard. That, that was hard to learn. Like, yeah. Probably my, like, definitely in my top five of, like, lessons is learning how to discern learning what questions to ask and what uh, research to do to know whether or not a company is a good fit for you. I feel like that is one of the most undervalued like job searching skills for people entering the workforce. And it boggles my mind how like they don't teach you that, you know, you just feel so lucky to have a job that you do not even, you don't like, you're not even thinking like, do I want to work here? Like, you're just so grateful, especially when you're young, you don't have any experience. You don't, you know, you, you suddenly have these bills that you need to pay and you're, you don't think to say like, let me step back. Like I'm excited that somebody wants to pay me or somebody finds me valuable. Like, do I want to work for them or are they shit? Like, you know what I mean? And so yeah, that's been an amazing lesson. And I, I, and I have some tips if I remember and don't forget, I'll get back to them later. But, okay. you know, my experience has been actually like was quite the opposite because I went into college knowing exactly what I wanted to do, stuck with that and graduated knowing exactly like what I wanted to pursue. And I still had so many difficulties. Um I am five years post-college and I just recently started a job that I really like. Like, that's a little bit depressing. (laughs) Yeah. There's been like five years worth of jobs that I just felt like meh or like it was either like completely apathetic towards it or like I like flat out hate it. And some of them were in my field. Some of them were not. Um, I say that because there's just so much I feel like I didn't know. And it's funny because my play cousin was texting me the (laughs) other day. She's a bit younger than me and she's having trouble figuring out like what she wants to do. And she thinks she might, she might want to go into marketing, which is the field that I'm in. And I was like giving her all this advice about how to find jobs and what to do and stuff like that. And I just realized like, we're so unprepared to enter the workforce when we graduate college. Like, yeah, you may have this degree. Um, And it's funny that you mentioned internships too because I did a bunch of internships and that still did not help me to come out of college with a job in my field so I think that internships can be extremely valuable but you also need to be discerning about which internships you take because a lot of internships are dead in we take internships because we think they're going to give us two things experience or and or a job offer and sometimes they give you neither you know what I mean so not all, all internships are not created equal and I did I was the queen of internships girl I did like 10 internships 
and I still didn't come out of college with a job. You know what I mean? It still took me yeah. a couple of years out of college to land my first marketing position. So it's, it's yeah. so much. I think that if I w- were to boil it down, though, to like a few concise tips for like you get out of un- like you get out of undergrad or you get out of high school because I'm not trying to be elitist and you're looking for a job and, you know, you yeah. don't know where to start. I would definitely say I'll just say the advice I gave my play cousin. I told her to get her LinkedIn profile together. Like I know LinkedIn is a super corny platform. It's like, what what even is the point? But it has a lot of social currency. And um, not only are there job, you know, does it have a job board, but you have to learn how to network, which I think is kind of point two. You have to learn how to network and not just rely on job postings. Um, You have to meet people and you have to, which is the hardest thing, the hardest, most arbitrary skill to learn, I think, is how do you learn to meet people and make meaningful connection with people that, you know, it seems almost kind of um, insincere, you know what I mean? Because I'm looking to meet you because I think you can do something for me. But, yeah. you know, but that, that really is what it is. And I think you it's, it's a really hard skill to learn. So one, you know, get on LinkedIn um, Two, learn how to network. Um, three try to find these little hidden spaces where things are happening that in your, your field, in your industry, where you may, that you might not be aware of. Like, I, you know, yeah. me and you have talked about this. Like I've seen jobs that were, aren't posted on Indeed, aren't posted on LinkedIn, just because I found some super niche marketing Slack group, you know what I mean? And they're in there posting jobs that are never going to see the light of day. Like any normal marketing person is never going to have a chance to apply for this job because they're posting it in this this tiny community and they're like, hey, just inbox me if you're interested. You know what I mean? So you have to you have to get a little bit creative in finding where the people you need to be in the room with are, whether it's a, a physical room, a virtual room, whatever. So I, I think those are some of the things that like I learned along the way. Um, about job searching, but it really is tough. Like we're in like a, a super crazy circumstance right now. And I was like telling my players and I was like, Hey, you know, first thing I want to say is like, don't get discouraged. Like I just tri- like got a new job in November and I was looking, even though I was employed. So it wasn't as, you know, there wasn't so much pressure, but I was looking for a job for six months. And yeah. Like, and I was. It's not like I was applying applying to jobs that I, I wasn't qualified for. I was even applying to jobs that I was overqualified for, and I was still getting rejections. So I feel like yep. it's a horrible time right now to be in the job market. Um, but you can't take it personal. You know, you have to learn not to take these rejections personal. Um, and then I think you know number four, and then I'll kick it back to you to see if you have anything else. But number four, as far as my tips, is that like you especially depending on your industry. And I will say this really doesn't apply to every industry, but you need to figure out what the skills are, especially coming straight out of undergrad or high school. What are the skills that are going to make me marketable in this field? You know what I mean? So where are the, even if it's a, like a really random niche skill, like having like experience in marketing with like Shopify or, you know, HubSpot or some of these other platforms that, you know, may not be widely applicable to every marketing job. People are, you are willing to pay a premium because there aren't as many people that are qualified to help them with that specific platform. So figure out what the skills are, the specific skills that you can learn or acquire to make yourself more marketable in that field And, and then showcase them heavily. Like, 
shout it from the rooftops that you have that skill. You know what I mean? So I think those are some of the things that I just wish I knew coming out of college and I think would have made my job search a lot easier. Yeah, I will say things that I felt like I really could have benefited from if I paid attention to them or if like, I don't know, if I did it from the beginning, learning how to tailor your resume to every job and not just having a one-fits-all resume. Woo! Okay, yeah. say, that, say that again. I feel like we need to <laughs> yeah. run that day. Yeah, tailor your resume. Um, first of all, I used to help edit people's resumes all the time. I should have been charging those people. <laughs> I used to like, uh, you know, like people that I would see the resume like, oh, let me fix that for you. And I would clean it up because so many people don't know that you're supposed to have like, oh, unless you've been in the field for 10, 20 years, your resume is one page. Coming out of college, your resume is one page. Nobody cares about your extracurriculars. <laughs> Nobody cares about that one little award you won. Like <laughs> in middle school, like the perfect middle, attendance yeah. award that you won. Cool. <laughs> They'll have some stuff like perfect attendance. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So, you know, and I feel like people are so afraid of the resume looking bare. But when you overload that, it just, you know, the the interviewer or the person who's reviewing it, they don't they don't want that. They're going to look at him like this is too much. and They're going to pass on it. So you need to make sure that your resume is concise, you know, and you need to make sure that you have good descriptions under your job positions, because sometimes people either have too much or too little. And you want to have one sentence bullet points. At least that's what I stick to. Well, you said something that I think also bears the highlighting because you said like people are scared, especially like coming out of you know school of having a, a bare looking resume. But I think mm-hmm. there are ways where you can make your resume more impactful without having as much experience. And I think this just highlights one of my tips, which is skills. Because yeah. having a skills section on your resume, I think is probably the single most important section of a resume. I, that's probably controversial for me to say that. Like, I think more so than like your past jobs and descriptions, I think having skills that you know are in demand and mm-hmm. showing that you are proficient in whatever skill, platform, language, you know, whatever is probably the single most important section of your resume. And so if you are graduating, and like I said, all fields are not created equal, so this won't apply to everyone, but if you are graduating and you have nothing under your skills section, and I'm not talking about soft skills. People make that mistake all the time. I see on their resumes where um, they're like, oh, I have great customer service. Like, I'm really attentive. Like, nobody, no one cares. Literally no one cares. I'm talking about hard skills. Like, I know for coding languages you know what I mean like or like proficient in excel even yes and you know what and I think depending on the job like that could be really really important you know especially if you work in like finance or data like being extremely proficient in excel is a good thing I will stay away you know recommend staying away from things like proficient in word and powerpoint because it's like are you 12 you should be proficient in word and powerpoint please don't put that on your resume but um I think that having a skill section to show what you can actually do what you actually are, are competent in day one is probably the biggest thing you can have. And if you're coming out of college, if you don't have anything in that skills section, that should be your first priority. And that's going to make your, your resume with little to no experience look a lot more impressive, um, yep. you know, along with things like internships, but that skill section is what's gonna, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
do it for Those you. Professional certifications too. Yes, professional certifications. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and then one thing, um, one thing I noticed with people is that. Or not even the people, I mean, like when you're applying for jobs, because a lot of times when they're running those resumes online, they have like an automatic filter that picks out words that they're looking for, like keywords. So that skill section, having that on there is going to make it a lot easier when they're picking out those keywords. Yes, that's such a good point. So, Annie, before I move on, I want to make sure, like, do you have any other tips? Because there's something I'm, like, dying to, like, talk to you about, but I don't want to, like, shortchange this conversation because I feel like it's so valuable. Um, One thing I will say, be honest in interviews about your skill set. Like, you can be, like, you can sell yourself, but don't lie. Because if you say you can do something, they will hold you to it. So you need to, I feel like, I don't know, maybe just maybe just for me, I feel like I've benefited more from being honest about my skill set. Like if they'll say stuff like, oh, can you do this? I know I can't do it. But what I will say is instead of just saying, oh, no, I there's just I don't know how to do that. Instead of just saying that, I'll say I'm a fast learner. I'm familiar with that platform. And I know that any, if you give me about a week or two, I can relearn it quickly. And then usually they'll give me a chance at least in my last job at the publishing company, when I told him, like, cause he asked me if I was, you know, if I knew Hootsuite and I was like, I'm familiar with it. And I just knew like, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause I was going to say, I mean, I definitely don't recommend lying, especially if you you know you're completely unfamiliar with something, but I do think a little creative retelling is completely appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just be like, like, you said, if you don't know it, but you do know that it's something you're capable of picking up quickly you know i haven't touched it in a while i'm slightly familiar yeah you can get creative with your language because saying no i don't know you know what i mean definitely is especially if you know that it's something you can you can do something that's super easy to pick up you like do you really want to shut yourself out of an opportunity when it's something you know you could learn in 24 hours you know it's just given the opportunity so i mean i definitely don't don't recommend lying um but I would definitely be careful with your word choice when you're asked if you know how to do something that you know you can easily pick up on yeah yeah. if given the opportunity like don't let that be the thing that stops you from getting an otherwise great opportunity you know what I mean so I don't know maybe that oh but also if you really if you really know you can't do it, just just say you can't do it. Yeah, just say you can't. I completely agree with that. Like, you don't be gonna, like, yeah, I know JavaScript. Right, you're not going to learn JavaScript tomorrow. Yeah. So just go ahead and bow out. You're you're correct. Yeah. But if it's something like Canva, like, oh, I've never used yeah. Canva before. Like, have you used Canva before? Like, it takes two seconds to learn how to use Canva. Like, you could train a literal rodent probably like a lab animal to use canva like don't don't turn down the door mess up a job opportunity because you don't know canva you know what i mean I, yeah so i definitely think it depends on the the situation you know i definitely don't think that you should try to be deceitful or anything because it's, it's just going to come back to bite you but exactly but also don't miss out on an opportunity over something something crazy simple to figure out you know what i mean So I need to know whether or not I'm getting a $2,000 stimulus check. Like it's really been, it's been eating at me. Like, are, like 
What are short we doing? Answer, <laughs> short answer, no. Long <laughs> answer, let the white people ride enough and we can't. Mm, elaborate. So here's what I've been noticing. Yes, the people who stormed the Capitol are getting arrested, but you know what? They're bringing a lot of attention to the issue they're championing for. And, you know, I hate to say it, but doing the legal ways doesn't seem to get the results people want. And I'm not saying I support a riot, but if you were going to write about something, I feel like this is a thing to riot for. This right. would be so, so this would be the thing. To two thousand dollars. Yeah, right. oh. it's our money. I need it now. This, <laughs> this podcast is gonna get shut down before it even airs. Like, hey okay, guys, I'm really kidding. Please do not riot. I'm just joking. I'm a comedian. I make hey, jokes. Just JK, JK, JK. <laughs> Like, for real, um, don't write it. But, like, if you do, though, this would be the, you know. <laughs> that'd be the hill to die on, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I'm not with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dying on the $2,000 hill. I'm like, just saying, if you were going to do it, at least do it. do it for a good cause. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Like, maybe a universal basic income hill. Now, that might be the That hill. might be the one. That, that might, might be the hill. hill. No, I, I'm just kidding. Don't write it. Um, but cut that part out. Cut that part out. We're just gonna edit that. No, but for real though, and also that wasn't a riot. That was an act of domestic terrorism. You're right. Call me by my name. That was sedition. Yes, you're right. But yeah, but no, I I really am like I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up because well, I mean we have the Senate now. I don't. It's looking. It's looking optimistic. I don't know what I would do with my $2,000. I feel like maybe a flat screen TV and a crab boil. I'm just kidding. <laughs> $2,000, girl, you know, I could pay my rent in advance so I won't have to work overtime. And I, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could pay back some other bit. Well, I don't really have any other bills pay back. I'm fortunate enough, but other people who have like families to support like single parents, who are suddenly out of work Oof, <laughs> or yeah. are getting paid way less than what they're used to, yeah. they can really use that money. And on that note, I hope that it comes expeditiously. Okay, T.I. <laughs> I hope that it comes expeditiously. Inexplicably. Yeah. Any, oh, ooh, okay. <laughs> Pulling on those SAT words. Girl, I didn't even use that word right. <laughs> You know, I didn't think you did, but I wasn't positive. I really was not sure. So oh, no. I was like, I'm a, I just know, wanted I'm to say it. it. <laughs> yeah, that $2,000, like the 600 that was nice. That was cute. Yeah, that was, it gave me a little padding, you know. But <laughs> anything else, that, you know, I was just out of luck. Like, as a single, as a single person with a roommate, it's fine for me because I at least at least with the job I do have, I know I can still pay my bills. But I can't even imagine if like imagine if I had just took the leap and bought a house last year, right? When I was still thinking I had a job to come back to, and now suddenly like I wouldn't be able to pay for that house. Or even if I just lived alone. I'm just thinking about like when I used to live by myself, because even at the medical equipment company, I lived by myself. Um 
and that was expensive. That was hard to do. So I, if I was still living by myself, like I wouldn't, I still would not be able to pay rent. So what you're describing is literally my worst fear come true because you know I just purchased a house and so which is you know all jokes aside um I know that if like a, a stimulus check did come through like it would absolutely be going into emergency savings um mm-hmm. quite simply because of everything you just said like you just we're in such a precarious time like you don't know what's gonna happen from one day to the next um yeah. that makes people like me who like to be in complete and total control of everything feel very uncomfortable and I think that I'm definitely in a place financially where I'm just like stockpiling 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 like really trying to reduce spending reduce expenses just because it is super just uncertain right now I I completely I feel you on that literally last year while I was waiting to get a job I blew through all my savings just supporting myself and yeah. I'm honestly, the only reason why I even had savings at the first, because this is before the pandemic, I had savings because, um, well, first, I just needed some savings in my account anyways. But I also had some money set aside extra on top because I was going to do something for my parents' anniversary. And now I'm glad that I was saving for that because that really helped me out while I was waiting to get another job because I was unemployed from April to December. Ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, I briefly had a job as like a like a what's it called? A can a campaign canvasser. Mm-hmm. I was doing door to door for the election, but that was only for like a month or so. But yeah, I was I was mostly unemployed. And if I didn't have those savings, I would have been terrible. Yeah. Savings is so important. I can't wait to do an episode about personal finance. I feel like that is one of the, the most important most. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most important lessons of young adulthood and it's continuously the one thing that makes me feel like I'm adulting is when like I pay my bills all the time and I like put (laughs) I love how she's eating oh my god podcasts are great but like if you only like we have to we have to put these on YouTube because I feel like not this one but future ones because I just feel like people need the visual like to understand what it is I'm dealing with what you mean it's good but yeah I think that personal finances are you know definitely one of the most adulting things you can care about and I feel like it's also the train that you need to get on as quickly as possible like you know because sometimes there's a slow train and a fast train to things but that needs to be the fast train you know what I mean oh I know exactly what you mean to figuring out how to navigate your you know your financial life but okay so I want to end this on a positive note how did how what are you doing to cope how are you how are you finding joy how are you loving on yourself during this (laughs) thank you for asking me I'm a small business owner now, and yes, Ooh. I still work a regular job, but now I have my own business to make some extra money. A regular job with us regular folk? <laughs> it's okay to be regular, and everybody can be spectacular. It's okay. <laughs> I'm really excited for my business. I, um, I'm i supposed to be meeting with the client, because we've been. I've literally been negotiating with this client since freaking beginning of November. and it's like almost the end of January and like I finally got them on board um and it's just been so many different meetings back and forth so it's like I I got a subcontracting license with a marketing company and then I got an actual client 
that I'm going to be doing their social media marketing for. Um, and they do like security staffing, stuff like that. So I'm really excited for that. Um, it's starting to take off, making some money. I feel like that's the best coping mechanism is making money. Um, it's not healthy because once you stop making money, you feel sad again. But that's what I have right now. <laughs> At least you're honest, though. Hey. You know, um, I already watched all the Netflix shows. I can't watch nothing else. And, all of them, uh, some of them twice. Yeah. Listen, Bridgerton, yeah. like, I, I, we're on run through too. Can we talk about let's, let's, the Duke? Can we talk? <laughs> let, let, let's talk about it. I don't have I don't have nothing better to do. Let's talk about what which scene in particular. First of all, the latter scene. You know what I'm talking about? The bibliophile in me. <laughs> the latitude where she was just, Daphne, I'll perched him on the ladder. I'm like, what's wrong with her face? And then they pan, I'm like, oh! I see how the Duke is. I see what they do at their house. I see what they do at their house. <laughs> oh, I was about to make a really horrible <laughs> joke. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> so like, on the ladder scene, talk about a climax. <laughs> Oh God! How old are we? How old are we? This is a podcast about adulting, and we're acting like twelve-year-old children. And I'm here oh for it. Gosh. The Duke is so fine. I mean, if he wants to not have kids with me, I'd be okay with that. Let, mm, let me be quiet before I get myself into trouble. Yes, it was an excellent show. Go Shondaland. Kudos to the cast for keeping us enthralled and providing us with A-plus quarantine entertainment. Wait a minute now. We got to talk about poor representation of Black women. It is Shondaland. So. Ooh, how much, how, like, how much time do we? Okay, hold on. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the quick and dirty because I feel like you brought it up and now we, we got to jump into it. But I don't want to make it a whole episode because it could be a whole episode. The, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know where the 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 dark skinned black woman. I don't know why. And as a person who is as my mother call, calls it yellow. <laughs> yellow <laughs> i just don't understand why like do do darker hued black women just not exist in like the world of they television exist. i don't they exist if you're annalise keating and you want to see a dark-skinned black woman ugly crying every other episode if you want to see a dark-skinned black woman be strong for her strong black man if you want to see a woman uh get cheated on and abused if you want to see her snatch her wig off because we ain't never had to see olivia pope snatch a wig off if you want to see all that dark-skinned black women exist any other space they do not you render me speechless i'm speechless because i feel like that was it um i i do feel okay so one thing that has like irked me is because i'm in like you know a lot of a lot of digital spaces with black women and mm-hmm. You know, we talk about things. And in one group, I'm not going to call by name. Um, one group that I really enjoy, though, they were talking about th- this issue in particular. And just like the tone deafness or like the erasure that was happening from other Black women was so disappointing to me. Like, yeah. 
just because you like we can walk and chew gum at the same time like just because you enjoy the show which i thoroughly did like i enjoyed it so much i watched it twice does not mean that i have to ignore or you know i don't know be naive about the fact that like black people in general were not represented well in that show like the two dark skin characters like the dad was like a evil ass bitch (laughs) the friend was like poor and like had you know questionable moral character you know spoiler alert fixing his fight or whatever if you haven't seen it so i mean and then all of the black women in the show were mixed or ethnically ambiguous or hella light skin but at the same time i enjoyed the show like you can walk and you can chew gum and i feel like art is made to be critiqued and that's the only way that it evolves so i was i was you know that's my take on it that's my hot take they had a literal jezebel in the show a literal jezebel yeah did y'all hear me clapping i mean don't get me wrong I supported the heck out of her character because sis wasn't wrong. She I feel like wrong. she didn't do nothing wrong. She loved that she man. She had, she had all the sex. There was a baby. And then she was like, look, I'm not taking care of this child. Like, it, this yeah. just is what it is. Look, my man's, he ain't writing me back. That's right. a problem. So what we finna do? We gonna get this taken care of. <laughs> Hello. And that's period, Pooh. Exactly. <laughs> But anyway, oh my god, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I didn't get to share my my uh thing, and I think this is a really beautiful way to end it. Um, because I didn't get to share what I'm doing to stay safe. Cause girl, it's been tough. Like I am not, you know, there's been so many things that are going very well, and there's been so many things that have been going horribly, horribly wrong. And I think that it's like a whirlwind of emotion trying to figure out like what I'm feeling at any given time. I think I feel all the emotions. 24 hours a day like all at all at once is where i'm at so i've been doing a lot of therapy yes shout out to my therapist you know who you are i'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this um my so therapy i've been meditating i've just tried to pick up yoga um full disclosure my i can't do downward dog like that's how like basic we are we're not even downward dog ready yet um and i've been doing a lot of exercising um and that's given me a little bit of comfort i've been journaling which i really don't like to journal even though i love i'm a writer i love to write but i do not like to journal but i've been doing it a little bit when i feel like like i'm about to explode with just feelings um and it's been really that's what's been keeping me sane i've been trying to just stay i've been trying to build community find community be in community where i can where i feel safe and comfortable to do so and you know it's it's weird we're in 2021 and it's it's looking a whole lot like 2020 you know (laughs) and i just hope that everyone under the sound of my voice um <laughs> can, can find some comfort or find some joy and you know maybe hopefully possibly this podcast was a little of that so that's all i got i love that i love that so much <laughs> thank you thank you yeah can you hear the snaps 